0: Right, the Sunflower Showdown, 1902. I got it. Hey, somebody want to tell me what happened in 1909, I don't get it. I know there's this big dis- dispute. I know KU wins 5-3. to three. I know they don't play in, ni- 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 you know, 1910. What happened? Bob, you had to be there. What do you <laughs> <laughs> Well I
1: think was first season, so
0: they get to just trying to find out what happened i mean they can't they don't play that year and then they play a hundred you know hundred plus years in a row i mean that's 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 a pretty good pretty good deal you know I had to go back and, and really kind of find out all about the governor's cup and you know, see how this is all going and, you know, read about how it used to be the Governor's Trophy. I was intrigued with the Peace Pack Trophy, by the way. You guys all know about that, right? When they had a trophy that was like goalposts to try to keep the people from tearing down the goalposts, but that didn't work out too well. But uh, the Governor's Cup since 1969, and I think that uh, anytime you have an in-state rival, there's always gonna be something you're playing for. And I think it's important that your players understand what you're playing for. And what they really want is at the end of the game, they want the governor to come into their locker room because it means they won. And they want him to hand that governor's cup to them. You know, I think that since Coach Snyder's gotten to K-State, things have <clears throat> gone big time, <clears> the <throat> big time their way. He's 16 and 4 in this series himself. You know, I mean, he's he's won 16 out of out of 20 games, so he's won 80% of the games. Matter of fact, he's only lost once in Manhattan. Um, and we can say is, you know, all the accolades we want about different coaches, and a lot of times when people have a, a rival or an in-state rival, they want you to say negative things, but it's kind of tough for me to say anything negative about Coach Snyder. First of all, I think he's a very great offensive mind. Besides being a a, a, heck, a hell of a head coach, um, you know, I like the way he creates. He, he, I, I like the way he creates extra gaps in the run game. You know how he uses misdirection to, you know, for you know to really put pressure on the defenses. And if you not sound fundamentally on defense, he will definitely he'll definitely expose you. And although that by numbers, that's usually a balance in numbers because they will throw it, I think he, if he had his druthers, he'd just ram it down your throat on every single play. You know, old school type of football. And I have a lot of respect for not only the job he's done at K, K- State, but him, him as a coach and as a person. You know, it all starts with their team, obviously, with Colin Klein. One of the most interesting quarterbacks that you could study in college football today because in today's game, you know, where either everyone's slinging it all over the place or everyone's running the read option, he really doesn't do either one of those things. Now, he's a power runner. You know, he's a power runner. You know, Bob, last night we were on the radio show, we talked a little bit about Tebow. You know, he reminds me a little bit of Tebow, a little bit of uh, Kaepernick who's playing – um, for the 49ers now that I played early in my early in my career, but you know, a six foot five, 226 pound guy who more of a as more of a power runner than you know, as a read option runner, and then you have to spend so much time trying to stop him as a runner. It obviously exposes you in the pass game because play action pass. You know, sometimes they get they get some really easy money because you have to come up and stop him. But you know, if you don't stop him you really don't have much of a chance at the game. Now, it's not like he's alone. I mean, you know, Ewert is, is a heck of a runner. He reminds me a lot of Joe Morris from my early, early days, um, with the, you know, as a Giant fan. You know, somebody who's short in stature, okay, at 5'7", but he's 200 pounds is like a bowling ball. Okay, he's physical, he's tough, he's not afraid to throw his body around there. He runs, he runs big. You know, he's averaging 100 yards a game, and that that should come as no surprise. Oh, you know, and talking about old school, let's talk about the fullback. I mean, you you took a look at Wilson. He's six four, he's 256 pounds. He reminds me of a couple other guys I've you know been around. You know Sam Gash, you know Lorenzo Neal, a couple of the bruising fullbacks. That were have that I've been around before he reminds me a lot of those guys you know they give him the ball a couple times a game just to keep him happy, but in reality he's happy just looking for somebody with the opposing, opposing jersey on and going ahead and hitting him. He's a big physical player you know um they got Tannehill a tight end you know he's a he's a solid blocker with with soft hands in a passing game um, they got a couple. A couple of good wide receivers that are totally different. You know, Thompson's the shorter, quicker, faster one at 5'8 and maybe 165, 170 pounds. And, you know, he, he, he's he's a little bit scary. You know, then you got Harper, who's six one, two hundred and thirty-five 235 pounds, you know, who's a go up and get him type of player. So they got both ends of the spectrum there. And then their offensive line. And you start off. You look at the left tackle, who's about six nine, th- uh, six nine, three and a quarter. Lucas, you know, he's the tallest by far. He's a very very big man. But after Lucas, it's pretty st- kind of standard across the board. You know, Whitehair and Finney and Taylor and Rooks, <clears throat> all of them in that six three six four mold. You know, somewhere between you know two eighty and three hundred, so you know, all in there, all big physical players. But what they remind me of, that offensive line, is some good offensive lines I've been around before that have very good chemistry and know how to play together. And they and they do that very well. And just like Coach Snyder's been around for a long time and kinda I know he's got co offensive coordinators, but you know it's really, you know, his mentality on offense. You know, Coach Hayes runs the defense and you know he's another guy who's been around forever, and you know the make up their team. Make up their team. They put the big, big guys inside. You know the big physical guys inside. They got Sua and they got Latouille. And you know they they're not afraid to play Boyd or Brits either in there. They all four four of those guys rotate in those two spots. And then when they get on the edge, they want those small fast guys. You know so you got Williams, uh, Williams and Davis who start. But, you know, you're going to see Mueller in there uh, at, at defensive end, and also you're going to see Tuggle, although he's listed at linebacker, you're going to see a lot of third down where they'll play four defensive ends. They'll actually play, you know, play, you know all those guys all at the same time, so they get a bunch of pass rushers on the field at the same time. It, pre- it presents quite a speed issue. Their defense really starts with Arthur Brown, though. Those guys inside that I talked about, their job is – Cover up Arthur Brown. You know, let you know, let him go ahead and run tackle to tackle, make plays. He's our leading tackler. Okay, he's a dynamic player. He's all over the field. You know, I mentioned Tuggle before as an outside linebacker who's a field adjuster. You know, he'll play linebacker sometimes, and then uh, they'll move him up front to play defensive end, and then they'll either play Walker or Childs in there with with Brown. But you know, Brown obviously is the. It all begins and ends with, with him. And then in the secondary, you know, it's probably one of the most basic secondaries you'll ever see because all the players play good. You know, you, you know, you got Malone gets all the accolades because he's a you know all Big 12 and a Thorpe you know contender last year. But you know Chapman, he's second on he's second or third on it. He's third on the team in tackles, and you know he's the other corner. Milo, he's you know he's one of the safeties. He's second on the team in tackles. And to be honest with you, Zimmerman, who's the who's the other safety? He's the leader. Of the, he's really the leader of the whole whole defense. He's the heart and soul of the whole defense. You know, they also you know you also in nickel, um, they'll throw Evans in there in nickel when you know when you get in three wide receiver sets. But they're really sound and basic, and they just wait for you to make mistakes. And you know they have, they're solid in the kicking game. You know they got... And you know, Cantelli will handle the place. Kicking and dora will handle the punting. And then we get the returners. You've got to worry about both Lockett. You know, uh, both Lockett and, and Thompson will be uh, will back there. You get in both punt returns and kickoff returns. So you have to worry about both of them. They're one of the few teams that every once in a while on punt return, they'll put them both back there. So you have to worry about both of them, not just one of them. I wrap, I wrap her up?
1: Here you go through that. So this is, is, I mean, there's no weaknesses on this football.
0: Oh, there's there's no know? glaring weakness, that's for sure. You know, I think that this is, a, this is a team that really plays sound fundamentally on both sides of the football and lives off of your mistakes. And, and you make mistakes, they pounce on you. They don't turn the ball over much. They don't commit penalties. You know, they're just a sound fundamental team. Defensively, you could say they're bent but don't break, but you know, you know, they're, 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 they're tough up front. And you think about the components of what I said to you, Tom. You get big guys inside and fast, and fast guys on the outside to rush the passer. That presents a problem. Those big guys are protecting the, the linebacker who can run all over the field. I mean, that's a good start. And then you've got four solid guys in the secondary that, t- that kind of t- say, you're going to have to throw everything in front of us because we're not going to let you throw the ball behind us. And they do the same thing on the other side of the ball. Okay, they're not trying to – this is not a trickery and deceit team. I mean, they're going to smash it down your throat. And you better be ready to tackle both the quarterback and the running back because they're going to have the ball in their hands a whole bunch of times in the game. And that's what we're up, that's what we're up against.
1: With your experience with all the, you know, pro-style quarterbacks, and you know the list as well as all of us, obviously, what, what do you make of that type of quarterback that Colin Klein is? I mean, you know, he's not a drop-back guy. He's not, I mean, is that weird for you to see because it's, it's, you know, relatively new to the game a little bit?
0: Well, when you, uh, when you, you can play any, any college program can take a quarterback and mold the offense around what that quarterback does the best and the mentality of the guys who, who set up the offense. Now, obviously, you go go to play on Sundays. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to throw it a lot more than he, than he throws it, you know. But I think that right now, um, it's tough to argue. You know, people wanna they wanna compare Well, what's what's he project to on Sunday? That's it's not really relevant to this game really this week. It's what problems does he present to us this Saturday? That's that's really what's relevant. And. You know, throwing for running for over a couple hundred, throwing for a couple hundred. I mean, I mean, they, they like to have good balance, but one of the reasons why they have good balance in the passing game is because you have to stop to run. Because if you don't stop to the run, then, you know, you're going to be in Amia for a long, long morning slash afternoon.
1: Did you ever think that you'd see this kind of, I mean, you know, the Tebow's and the Clines and that becomes such a regular thing?
0: You know, I've seen it. In multiple different places, so this is not like it 's a big surprise no see it's it's novel in this in this league it 's relatively novel, but it 's you know I've, no it 's not news to me. This is not like a news flash it 's just okay now we 're running against a team that does this now you yeah. you know it 's a good thing you have two weeks to get ready for a team like this. You know, because the whole off season, you can get ready for the read option and and read option and read option, because you're going to see spread all over the field for the majority of the season. You know, but a game like this, this is like playing one of the academies where you're playing against a team where, if you're not ready for what they for what they do, you'll be in for a long, long day. How, how is your squad health-wise?
1: Are you able to that extra
0: time able to get you guys healthier? I mean, we're, everybody everybody's on the, on the go list. Even the guys that were banged up, you know, the last time we played, they're all on the go list. You know, we only have the few, the few guys that are gone for the year that everyone have been gone for the year for a while and everyone else is a go. Now, it wasn't a light week for them. I mean, they probably hit more last week than they've hit any week the entire season. They yeah. hit Tuesday, they hit Wednesday, they hit Thursday, and it was everything was full speed, including going against my own norm, norm, normal patterns. The quarterbacks were, were live the whole week, too. There were no red jerseys out there, and there was also no media, so it was wonderful. <laughs> Do you typically do that during a bye week with a full hitting like that? No. Because I think that we have to get better playing physical football. It's part of teaching people how to finish, which has been one of our bigger problems as we as has been well documented. And I think there's only one way of doing it, and that's, that's old-fashioned football. That's that beat them up. Coach, how will the process of scouting uh, the Big 12 teams
1: change for you next year as opposed to this year on your first time through the conference? And is there any advantage at all, or having approaching teams with a fresh mind, but not having mm-hmm. seen them that much before?
0: Well, I think it's twofold. I think that we, you know you spend enough time in the off season. That, you know, when you're seasoned at doing this, you know you've you've spent the time. I mean, you watched a half dozen games of everyone long before the season comes around. But each season those teams, even though they have a system in place, they take on a different personality based off of their personnel. So I think the one thing you really gather, you know, when you're a younger coach, you have to learn what they're doing. I mean, learning what they're doing really isn't the issue. It's learning what they're doing with who they have this year. What are they doing now, okay, that they weren't doing, and why are they doing that? And then what are you going to do about it? How are, you to, how are you going to try to defend it or how are you going to try to stop it or how are you going to try to attack it based on which side of the ball we're talking about?
1: You mentioned that it's good to have the two weeks. Did, does that mean, you know, for someone who hasn't sat in there and prepared for a team like myself, does that mean you watch more film and, and just use that time to absorb even more, or, or is that counterproductive?
0: Uh, unfortunately, yes, but you do it a little different, Matt. See, what I did that you don't really have the time to do usually is I went on and did Kansas State's entire team. Like, I went and just watched the left guard. And then I met with the defense on Sunday. I said, okay, here's the left guard. Is this who you're going against? This is is who he is. This isn't just how tall he is. This isn't his name in his hometown. This isn't his, his status in school. This is who he is. Here's the left tackle. Okay, 6'9", 325 pounds. What what can I tell you about him? What, What things can I tell you to get you better prepared to play against him? So it wasn't about scheme that I spent my time. I spent my time more doing personnel reports of all the guys we're playing against from Kansas State to try to give our guys a better understanding, not just of what they do, but who they're going against and what those guys do. You know, we'll see how that works. Is
1: that multiple games with each position like that? The season. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Plenty. Plenty. You talk about how good
1: K-State is seemingly in every position and how you guys need to be more physical and you guys haven't been able to finish as well. So, I mean, saying all that, it sounds like, I mean, K-State has every single advantage in the book. Do you Correct. believe that starting you guys have with, a chance it, to win this game?
0: Starting with the head coach, okay. Well, the, that that's, that's, that's their, may, might be their biggest advantage. You saying good.
1: all that stuff. Do you believe your guys can still go out there and have a chance to put together a win on Saturday?
0: Absolutely. Even with all those things being said, okay, because you still play the game, right, you know, and not to be sarcastic at all, but I'm just stating the facts. Th- these are the facts. This is who they are. Okay, now what you, you then do is, as, a, as the head coach, and then I trickle down to the other roles that I play, the little less significant roles like the offensive coordinator and those other things. What you then do is say, okay, now what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do to attack them? What's going to give us the best chance to win? I mean, because you can't go to a game saying, well, God, said, we're 1-3, they're 4-0 let's go in there and just try to keep it close that'll you know the fan base will be happy just let's go in there and try to keep it close i mean i'd rather lose by a hundred trying to win we'll find out saturday morning Charlie, you got here at a time when k-state was kind of on an upswing There's not a lot of historical precedent for ku and k-state Thriving in football at the
1: same time, it, does it make your job tougher that the K State's growing the way they are right
0: now? No, it's actually uh, actually, uh, you know, I don't want everyone, every Kansas fan, to be mad at me, but it's a pretty good role model. You know, uh, everyone wants to look at it differently than that, but from my perspective, they're doing a lot of things right. You no, know, so let's 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 try to get to that level first. I mean, we can get there. We can get there in a the not too distant future. That would be a good. That would be a good place to get to. And let's go from there. But let's get there first. And like I said, I'm not going to be dumb enough to sit there and say, I'm going to wave, wave a magic wand. It's going to happen overnight. But that's where we have to get to first. I'm using that as a as one of the as one of the things. Hey, here's them. Here's you. Why Why is that? Both in Kansas, right? Both in the same conference, right? both have the rec- same recruiting base to go out, off of if you want to right? and why are they this and why, why are you that and i think it's a good role model to be perfectly honest with you Any
1: anything with, with their program that has allowed them to have that success maybe? yeah their,
0: their coach is winning a lot more games than our coach is it's a good place to start his recruiting classes are typically ranked pretty low. Well. Mm-hmm. You know, you can make what you want to out of recruiting, right? They can misconstrued, though, because of junior college players. See, we haven't been taking junior college players. Well, we are now, and we're going to take a bunch of them. Not going to be a few. It's going to be a bunch. Okay, so when you see those ratings, everyone wants to see the, the four-star, five-star. They want, they want to see the high school kid coming out. Okay, well, I want to, I want to blend... Okay, a blend of high school players that want to come to Kansas and junior college kids who want to play now. I want a blend of those. So when you get those those ratings, they're not factoring in. They're bringing in a whole bunch of guys that are ready to play right now. I mean, look at that secondary. Look at those two corners. Two years ago, they were both junior college players. Now they're the starting corners on a, on, one, on a very, very solid secondary. Okay, so when those ratings don't... They they're just high school ratings, they don't factor in, they don't factor in the the ability of all those guys from junior college that you're bringing in there. I think those recruiting classes have been way better than than the recruiting gurus would give you ratings for. How many junior college guys do you project wanting to come <coughs> here? Want to come here? A whole bunch of them want to come here, and they will. How many? How many mm. A whole bunch. <laughs> well, let's let's be. Well, let's. I don't want to go off of Kansas State because that's really what this week's all about. But well, let's let's look at it. These guys that are in junior college want to go somewhere where they have an opportunity, to, an opportunity to play against good competition and play now. I mean, we that you'd have to think that that we 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 definitely play against good competition. There's no there's no. Misnomer there. Everyone understands that, and they have to look at the, look at us and say, "Hey, you got a bunch of good coaches that need some need some good players. I'm a good player, and I have a great opportunity to play now." I mean, there's a lot of interest. What is the knock on taking junior college transfer? I don't know. I would, the last job I had, we, we there were no junior college transfers. You know, it was all based off of high school kids. I mean. As long as kids care about education and come here with the intent to, to graduate and aren't just coming here to make a one-year stop to, to get to the NFL, okay, as long as they want to come here and get a KU degree and help us win, okay, and are good citizens, bring them on. The more, the merrier. So hop on that bus.
1: You recruited a number of players you didn't get to see through their careers and then doing very well now. Are you happy to see
0: that? Or do you... I'll always root for anyone who I ever recruited. I'll never, ever root against them. You know, so I I enjoy, I find enjoyment in their success.
1: Make you feel like you guessed right
0: on a lot of them too? I like, to, like to think it wasn't guessing, you know, but... You know, uh I like to think that that meant we got a lot of the right guys, yes.
1: Where where's the uh, where's Dan's head right now, heading
0: into this week? Dane's head's a lot better now than it was about eight fifteen last night when we sat down and started chatting. Down? I don't think he was down. Uh I think that you know, my part of my job is to bring an awareness to where exactly we are, you know, and I know he comes in here in air after me, and you guys barrage him. But uh, you know, the bottom line is, I think that all he's got to worry about is doing the best he can to put us in a position to try to beat K State. He can't worry about the games we played already; they are past tense. All he can do is try to put us in the best position to beat to be K State. That's all. That's all he can do. Don't be thinking about the past. You're thinking about the present, and that's the only thing that matters. Nothing, nothing matters as past tense. They've already happened. There's nothing you can do about them.
1: When, when you come into a new job and, and you don't have immediate success, like what's happened in the last month, what's the toughest part about staying the course, not necessarily you, but with the players, and liking, making sure that they can continue to get over that moment?
0: I think the most important thing is when you is to make sure that they know that you're not pointing the finger at them for being the reason why we're losing. I think that's a very very important point because you're never gonna get, you're never gonna flip the switch. You're never gonna get them over the hump if they think that they think you're not in there with them. They got to know that you're in there battling with them for every second because there's most of them are gonna, most of them are going to keep battling right along with you and as long as they keep battling that switch is going to is going to get flipped you just don't know when that's going to happen
1: did you see anything different after the, the northern illinois game as far as where they were after you know, starting 1 and 3 and then having the conference season in a bye week to think about it
0: unfortunately or fortunately it depends on which way you look at it no i mean they they didn't practice they didn't practice any different than after they won the first game. They practiced just as hard, okay, with just as much enthusiasm. And the coaches, uh, the coaches. It isn't just the players I look at, by the way. You know, I'm also watching the coaches and what, what you know, see if they're any different either. You know, and I've, um, you know, in the in the day of social media, you know, I put out a tweet yesterday saying. Work ethic has not been the problem. Okay, so if that's not the problem, we got a the problem. Their lives somewhere else, and I always like to start with me. How much time did the assistants spent on the road recruiting last week? They left. They were on the road Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Eight of them were out Thursday, and everyone was out. Everyone was out Friday and. All of them were out on Saturday as well, and I gave them Sunday off so they could spend a little time regrouping. I came in here; the the team was really happy to see me, you know. And I spent the day with me and the team and the strength coaches.
1: You you scrimmaged last Thursday. You talked about scrimmaging with the guys who hadn't played a whole lot. was there anything that you saw there? I mean, was it was it was it a situation where you were looking for guys to maybe be able to step up, or was it just to get some live action for guys that hadn't had the chance? Oh no,
0: they got live action on Tuesday and Wednesday too. So that wasn't the only live action. It gives them a chance to be the guy. You know, like you know, it gives Mike Cummins a chance to be the starting quarterback. You know, it gives you know it gives uh, uh, the you know. You know, because none of the seniors, none of the, you know, yet if you're really developing your team, the first people you got to take out of the mix are the guys that aren't going to be here next year. Okay, okay, here you are, fellas. They're they're not here now. Okay, this is you now. This is going forward. And I think, you know, there are some people who did very well and some people who didn't do so well. That's about what you would have figured anyway. If you had a guess, that's how you would have guessed. One thing people always talk about with
1: Snyder is consistency. That's something guys around here haven't had the last few years playing for a bunch of different coaches. How important do you think it is to establish that in the program?
0: Well, I think that the part of consistency is, is, is my job is to be the same person every single day. And I'm the same person every single day. That's like when you guys, you know, after we lost our first game, I walk in here and everyone's going to say, well, what's he going to be like? Well, I'd like to think I'm the same person every single day. I'd like to think that regardless of whether there's ebb and flow, ups and downs, I'd like to think I'm the same person. And I think that that's a very settling – It's a really settling thing for a football team to know that the head coach is going to be the same every single day. Not like all of a sudden you're going to come in and have a raven maniac one day, and the next day, you know, it's kumbaya. I mean, it's – Reality lies somewhere in between those, those 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 two those two feelings.
1: You mentioned their defense tries to keep
0: everything in front of them. How important it is for the offense, for your offense, to have to be patient in what you what you do against this defense. It's the most critical factor in the game, besides taking care of the football. You know, which is the most critical factor because they live off of turnovers. I mean, look at Oklahoma game. I mean, can Oklahoma give them any more uh, any more advantageous situations? Okay, but that being said, I think that you have to be ready to nickel and dime them the whole day. You have to. Be, you have to. You can't all of a sudden say, "Well, let's do this." They're not giving you that. So you have to. You have to stay patient.
1: Texas game is a blueprint
0: you ignore the North Texas game. You watch it. Okay. I I think that they blitzed some more in the North Texas game just for fun. You know, because I think if they had their druthers, I mean, you have to be ready for it. I mean, you know, but the other thing we did this week, which was really good, is you analyze your self-scout. You know, after four games, okay, what have we done? You know, you guys all watch the game and say, well, they haven't done this. Like, they haven't done very well on third down. Well, now I, w- now I know the answers, you know, not that I didn't know them before, but now I know the answers in every down and distance statistically, you know, which is now objectively, okay, you know, wh- wherein lies the, the strengths and weaknesses. For example, we're third and ten. It's not a good situation for the, for the, for the good guys. It not, it's not a good situation. So it tells you don't be in third and ten.
1: It would seem like uh, Jake Jakeeves wouldn't be the the best guy to run the show team when you're trying to prepare for
0: Colin Klein. Do you have? I'm not one? available this week. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm going to use um, I'm actually going to use Turner Beatty a little bit more doing doing that this week than than Jake. You know, we don't need to beat Jake up. You know, let Jake go throw it. You know, let him throw it for seven on seven. Yeah, but Turner's going to get a little bit more action this week. You know, was, now Turner's not built like him, you know. But you know Turner will get a little bit. Will get a little bit more action, because he's he's loose with things like that. That, that's right up his tree. How much motivating do you need to do during a rivalry Well, let me, t- let me tell you, we're one and three. We're playing against our in state rival, okay? Who's been owning you for the last three years if you need to motivate if you really need to motivate them other than prod them then we really have a serious problem you really have a serious problem now you prod them but it shouldn't take much prodding i mean it, it should be as plain as day this should be as obvious as you could possibly see so there shouldn't have to be i shouldn't have to be ronald reagan win one win one for the gipper okay your athletic director you any insight in the K-State
1: program after working on them?
0: Yes. <laughs> and we'll, we'll leave it that. at that, we'll leave it
1: at that. <laughs> 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 Coach, speaking of the athletic director, can you offer a comment on uh, the contract that Coach self-received and what sort of statement that makes about Dr. Zenger's philosophy on rewarding long-term success and seeking stability?
0: Every once in a while, you have an opportunity in sports for both sides to win. It doesn't happen very often now. Usually, either the coach wins or the organization wins. But every once in a while, you get a special situation that comes along where both sides can end up winning. And to me, that's what that was. I mean, you couldn't have, you know, a guy who's won eight championships in a row Okay, who's j- just done a wonderful job, who really is right now, you know, the best, if not one of the best co- coaches in America and in any sport, and to be able to set up a situation for both administration and and for the coach, for everyone to everyone to walk away from this content. I mean, God bless uh, God bless him. I'm glad it worked out worked out way for for KU. I think it's a great day. And we have to end on that one we can't take away any we we just have to you know we can't take away you know self would get mad at me if i went any further than this one right now he gave me 50 bucks just in case that question was asked you know, okay so i can go collect i, I, can, I can keep that 50 dollars now so we're all, we're all set all righty all right take care